Shut up and sit down. What's good, everybody? It's another episode of No One Asked Us. He's Greg Jote. I am Logan Lee. Episode 56 of the show. Give us a follow at No One Asked Us Pod. He's at Craig W. Choate. I'm at the Logan Lee. Subscribe, like, share, comment, all that stuff. However you're watching this podcast or listening to this podcast, uh, we appreciate your feedback. Um, really seeing a, 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 a bump in some numbers here the last few weeks, so looking to keep that, that stuff up. Uh, basketball season certainly helping us out. So, as always, as I said, give us a follow and everything else. Yes, Craig? I was thinking, should we do something that, like, when we get to 100 subscribers or 250 subscribers. Want to do a giveaway? Well, not a giveaway, but like, I don't know, something. Yeah, something we got to celebrate. People. We got to celebrate. We got to get there first. We got to get okay. there first. I know you're already looking at trying to get sponsors for this show. So, yeah, um, if you want to sponsor us, we're yeah, available. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, of course. If you do. Taco Bell, maybe, because Craig is already uh, <laughs> wearing their brand. Um, but yes, as always, thank you for tuning in, uh, watching this, listening to this, however you digest your podcasts. Um, got another exciting episode coming up here for you today. We are recording this Monday early evening. Hope to have this up for you Monday evening sometime. Um, coming off uh, a nice win for Illinois this weekend. On the road at Michigan, we'll talk about Illinois basketball a little later on. Um, Not really much to report in baseball, but we will talk about that a little bit down the road as well. uh, And a few things that have come from that. Plus, we're getting to the very end of college basketball season in general. So we're getting pretty excited about uh, the Big Ten tournament, the NCAA tournament, tournament time in general. Uh, So we're going to cover plenty of that. As always, the chapters are in the description. uh, So feel free to jump around uh, if there's something you're looking for in particular. Um, and you, if you want to skip the other things, uh, as always, you can do that. Craig, how are you? You good? We're good, man. We're yeah. Good. Loving yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. Anything we're getting some ex- nice weather down here. I spent some time in the yard today. It's kind of nice up here too. It's about 50 degrees and sunny. The snow is mostly melted. So that's promising. <laughs> we haven't seen snow down here in weeks. <laughs> oh, there's been <laughs> snow on the ground here every day for since for the last like two months so we're, we're supposed um, to get up to 70 a couple times in the next seven days 70 mm-hmm. oh my goodness <laughs> that sounds wonderful uh we'll hit 50 <laughs> a couple times it might be 50 even now um and then of course it'll dip down again and everything else i'm excited to finally get down to some warmer weather here in a couple weeks um it's kind of to kick off summer a little bit um uh, but that's neither here nor there uh all right let's start moment of the week you got anything good for me yeah. As he conveniently takes a sip of his water. What's my whistle? Uh, to wet um, his whistle. Last week you went high school football. I'm going high school football this week. Oh, okay. Um, Central Illinois high school football because yeah. <laughs> that's really all that there is. Um, and for us, I mean, I've been, to one, I've been to one other high school football game and it was it was here my first week I got here, second week I got here. But um, Ken Leonard announced that he is retiring – at the end of this upcoming 2022 season, the Sacred Heart Griffin head coach. Um, when I initially saw it, I thought it was effective immediately. But then after I saw a couple other tweets, um, it's after this 2022 season. So he's got one more season 
at SHG. Um, covered him a couple times, you know, uh, when I was in Champaign at WCIA, but Springfield's so far away from Champaign that that me and, and the the people in the WCIA shop didn't really ever venture over to Springfield too often. We had other people cover those games for us on Friday nights that worked in Springfield. But so I, I only met him maybe once or twice, but the numbers stand for themselves. Um, All time winningest coach in Illinois high school association history. All time winningest coach in IHSA football history, 404 wins and 83 losses in 42 seasons. Um, he started out, I, I didn't know this. He started out at Gridley. He wasn't always at SHG. He was at a school called Gridley. Then he went to SHG, um, after a couple of years at Gridley, he was 372 and 72 in 38 seasons at SHG. Incredible, incredible career, five state championships, 2005, six, eight, 13, and 14, and four other title game appearances. So absolute legend in um, high school football, especially in Illinois, but probably across the country. Um, I think those numbers would stand up against a lot of other states. Um, so, so shout out Ken Leonard calling it quits after 2022. Um, enjoy this last season. Um, and it's always cool. I wish I would have got to go over to that Springfield area more um, because that, that central state eight conference is great. And channel 1450.com does a great job uh, of covering that area. Um, but I wish I would have got to go over there more because his son, Derek, is, of course, at Rochester and has turned Rochester in just, into just a perennial power. Like, they're just churning out talent left and right and winning and winning and winning. So I um, would have liked to see more of the Leonard, Leonard Bowls, the Leonard games, um, but didn't really get a chance to cross paths with them too much. But uh, shout out Ken Leonard, calling it quits after 2022 and, and a great career. Uh, 68 years old he is. So, um, so yeah, he's, he's a great, he's a good one. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I saw that. Um, obviously I don't have a lot of connections to that part of the state, and, um, but obviously familiar with him and everything. So yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. A lot of, a lot of history there with that program, um, with that family too. So yeah, very cool. Um, I'm going to go a different direction. Um, shout out, I guess, is that what we're calling this? Uh, Let's talk Saluki women's basketball. Yeah, how about that? Southern Illinois, um, obviously the school that both you and I went to. Um, at the time that we were in school, uh, women's basketball there was not good. Uh, in fact, most sports, most of the money sports there were not good when we were there. Uh, but women's basketball in particular was pretty darn bad. Um, I was there in the year, the, um, the fall of 2013. I took over uh doing radio duties for that for that team uh alongside bryce williams uh took over for johnny soul a couple saluki legends uh doing color commentary and um that was the that was cindy stein's very first season at the helm of southern illinois uh she took took over a program that did not win very many games a couple the few seasons prior to that um had a lot of issues that first season uh had had some really good players uh, Cartesia Macklin was on pace to be the school's all-time leading scorer. Uh, some other things happened off the court that year. That year was a struggle. 
but since then, things have kind of been on the on the uptick, and they've had some good players roll through there. Um, similar to the men's team, they've had a couple players that have been around for a while, thanks to the COVID situation. They gained another year, um, becoming all-time leading scorers and that type of thing. Uh, but this Cindy announced before the start of the season that this was going to be her last season uh, coaching. Um, and she's having her best season ever at, since she's been at Southern, at least. Um, right now, she has the Saluki women at a 14-2 and two record in the conference in the Valley, 19-7 uh, and seven overall. They currently have a one-game lead at the top of the Valley standings with two games left to play, one week left to play in the, se- in the season. Uh, that school, I couldn't tell you the last time that school has been to an NCAA tournament on the women's side. Yeah. Um, so if they're able to do that this year, they're, they're not likely going to get an at-large. Um, so it would have to be by winning the conference tournament, which is certainly, certainly in play. Uh, but they have been the best team in that conference this season. Uh, it's an incredible what Cindy's done to bring that program back. Uh, I know it's probably taken a little longer than what she would have expected, what she would have wanted. Um, but it's just, it's just cool to see, uh, you know, as close as I was to that team for, for a year or two, um, to see what she's done and where they are now. So, uh, two games left to play on their season. I know they, I think they go up North. So they go to Valparaiso or maybe they host Valparaiso and Loyola either way, uh, two games left for them, um, before the, uh, Valley tournament, but, um, heck of a run for that team for Cindy. Uh, she had a long career coaching before she even went to Southern, um, great coach, great person. Uh, she's done a lot for them. So hopefully they can take her out uh, on a really positive note. Didn't she play for U of I? She did. She did play for U of I. Um, She coached at, I don't even remember where all she was um, before she went to Southern, but um, had a, had a pretty successful coaching career. Um, But yeah, as I said, this is her last season. She did play at the U of I. Um, But yeah, it's, it's cool to see that the men have men have had an okay season kind of right in the middle of the Valley uh, that the men's tournament in the Valley starts this week. Um, but the women's tournament has, they have one more week left in their schedule. Um, let's see. Cindy what? was at Illinois central and at Mizzou. That's right. She was a coach at Mizzou for a while. Then she stepped down from there, whatever, went to Illinois central college. Uh, and then she was brought into Southern, uh, in the 2013, 2014 season, they had five wins that year, the year that I was there covering the team, five wins. Cool. It was a rough cool. Rough winter, uh, five and 25. And then they went to 17 and 13 and then 20 and 13, 16 and 15, 17 and 14, 15 and 15, 16 and 13, nine and 16 last year. Uh, and now to where they are now. So yeah, pretty cool. What year were you born? Uh, 91. Oh, okay. Uh, their last tournament was 1992. Mm, that's a long time. <laughs> a long time 20 long time. years or 30 years yeah. 30 years ago yeah so they uh, won a game that year too did they they were a 10 seed and they beat uh, number seven colorado in overtime in the first round okay all right uh so that's be huge if they could get there i believe you sent me the bracketology that they had on espn that had them potentially up here in the notre dame uh regional or whatever that would have been um so that'd be cool. Don't know if that has Notre changed. Can I get that high of a seed because yeah, they that has like changed. I saw that. I checked it today. Garbage against Cart Louisville. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were uh, SIU was a 14 seed in the bracketology today, and they were not at Notre Dame. They were um, I forgot where they were. Well, either way, uh, hopefully they can get there. That'd be really cool. 
uh, for, for Cindy to go out that way for, for that team, for that program. So shout out to Lucky women's basketball. Okay. Question of the week. Let's move ahead. Uh, baseball. We are going to talk baseball here in a little bit more in depth, I guess. Want to uh, recap last week's first. Oh, that's a good point. We should probably do that. Yeah. Uh, last week's question of the week. Thank you, Craig. Uh, we asked what seed does Illinois end up with in the tournament? Uh, mind you, this was before the Ohio state game, uh, and before the Michigan game. Yeah. So we, we presented the options of, uh, the first option was a one or two seed. The second option was a three seed. The third option was a four seed. And the fourth option was a five seed or worse. Uh, so we had over, we had 120 people chime in on this one. So that was pretty cool. Uh, 3% or wait. No, okay. I read that wrong. 9% said a one or two. Early on, there was a few people that said one or two. I'm like, mm, okay, back off. Uh, yeah, 9% said one or two seed. Um, 52% said a three seed. 31% said four and 6% said five or worse. Um, so yes, uh, that's kind of what we had said last week too, was likely a three seed. Um, so that 52% was kind of in the thought where we are, where we were, uh, let me just ask you this now, before we get or, a little further, do you still fear, like, feel like they're a three seed? No, uh, that keyword there was, that's where we thought they were at yeah. that point. Um, yes. no, I think they're a four best case, not best case scenario. I think a five or worse is the most likely right now. We'll talk about that. Uh, I've done a little bit of bracketology this week, so I will give you my thoughts on this a little bit later on, but I don't think you're that far off. I'll just say that. Um, So, yeah, that's what it was last week. So thank you to everybody that voted last week. This week, uh, we're going to go to baseball. Um, Who is holding up the MLB labor negotiations? Do you think it's the players or do you think it's the owners? It's a pretty straightforward question because your opinion should be one or the other. Uh, so that's what we're going to be at. Obviously, baseball is being held up still. Uh, doesn't look like they're going to be playing on opening day like they're scheduled to. Um, we'll see. Things could happen here in the next couple of days, but it's not looking optimistic. So that is going to be our question of the week for this week. Who is holding up MLB's labor negotiations? Is it the players or is it the owners? How would I do? Did I get it all right. out? Yeah, Anything let's else? go. Anything else that I missed? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. All right, let's move on to Illinois basketball. Um, obviously, as we've said before in past our other past shows, we have been doing Illinois basketball post-game shows. So we are going to try to abbreviate these conversations. Uh, if you want to hear more about those games, you can find those on the same stream that you're listening to or watching this particular show. Uh, but Illinois did play two games this week. They played against Ohio State at home on Thursday, I believe. Uh, and then they went to Michigan on Sunday. Uh, and played against Michigan. Um, we'll start with we'll start with Ohio State. Uh, that game uh, did not go very well uh, in the middle part of it. Uh, strong start, really strong finish, but the 15 or so minutes in the middle of that game was some of the worst basketball Illinois has played all season long, uh, and that ultimately cost him that game. Uh, if you had if you've forgotten. Uh, uh, they, uh, had, I don't even remember. They had a pretty good size lead at some point, uh, early on 21 to eight. Was that what it was? That was the biggest lead 21 to eight. I think so. And then it fell apart. And as I said, they played awful. Everybody had counted them out. 
Uh, they were down by like 20 some points again, or 18 points maybe uh, in the second half. Uh, Brad Underwood got one technical, then got a second technical and got ejected from the game. Kofi Coburn was nowhere to be found. Foul trouble all night. Picked up a fifth foul pretty early in the second half um, and was non-existent for the game. But without Kofi and without Underwood on the sidelines, they stormed back. They cut it to, I think, two points at one point. Um, and then ultimately weren't able to close the door on that. So they did fall on Thursday to Ohio state, which we thought wasn't that bad of a loss, even though it's a home loss, I wasn't too terribly concerned. Uh, then Ohio state went and lost to Maryland. So that didn't really do anybody any favors, Um, but it did big 10 standings. Well, in terms of the big 10 standings, yes, it kind of eliminates Ohio state from the picture. Um, so yes, in terms of that, it did help. Um, so that was Thursday. And then on Sunday, Illinois went to Ann Arbor and completed the season sweep of the state of Michigan. Um, four and oh <laughs> against, uh, the two teams from there in the big 10. Um, both of those teams are pretty good. Michigan and Michigan state. Neither of them are great. Uh, one of them is a tournament team. The other one is probably that's not what a I was going to ask you. Does Michigan get in? Um, we'll we'll talk know. about that. I got I got some bracket stuff. We'll get to here in a minute. Uh, but either way, to go into the state of Michigan and to win two games against Michigan State and Michigan, and to also yep. beat them both at home, to go four and zero against Tom Izzo, yeah, and well, kind of Juwan Howard, <laughs> uh, Michigan. Like that's pretty impressive. I think that's the biggest takeaway. We didn't really talk about that on our post game show, uh, yeah. but for them to do that this season, that, that's saying a lot about where this team and where this program is. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, this this team prides themselves on their success on the road. They were seven and three in road Big Ten games this season, um, which is kind of what made the loss at Rutgers a little more hard to stomach because they do take so much pride and they didn't show any of it in that loss. But um, let's not talk about that too much because this team has progressed, I think, since then. They've uh, not shown that effort, lack of effort again. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's – and it's two weeks in a row because it was the Rutgers loss on the road and then Michigan State, you come back and win. And then it's Ohio State loss at home. Michigan, you come back and win. You bounce back. Um, now they are, I think, three and three in their last six games. It's not that's not great, but it's the Big Ten. I mean, you're you're going to lose games, so um, I still don't buy into the Illinois national title, Final Four threat things. Like the guys on field of sixty eight last night were saying, if they had to pick a team in the Big Ten that's Final Four, they would all of them said they would pick Illinois because they don't trust Purdue's guards. Um, they don't trust Wisconsin for some reason. I don't, they just keep winning. They would, they're probably my pick right now. I've doubted them all season. I've been so down on Wisconsin all season. And at, at some point you just have to realize they're a top 10 team in the country. So I, I'm not sure Illinois is there yet, but we are seeing signs of them coming out of it. You're starting to see, and we talked about this in the post game, you're starting to see the rotation come together. Um, you have your starting five, but then you have, like, is it called an ending five? You have your closers. That's a different five than your starting lineup because yeah. your starting lineup has one guy that who doesn't defend and has one guy who can't score. So you have, in the end, you have 
guys that come in that can do both uh, in Coleman Hawkins and Andre Curbelo with Frazier, Grandison, and, and Kofi. So you're starting to see things take shape. We got one more week, two more weeks, if you count the Big Ten tournament, to see where this team can end up heading into the postseason. Yeah, a couple things I want to touch on from what you mentioned. Um, first, the the emergence of Andre Curbelo and Coleman Hawkins mm-hmm. um, has been huge. Two players that we knew had the talent. We had seen it before, uh, but for one reason or another, whether that was for health reasons for Curbelo or just inconsistency out of Coleman Hawkins, we haven't really seen much of them. Uh, and both of them have really emerged as clutch time guys. Uh, they're, you know, they're the guys you want on the court down the stretch. Um, Andre Curbelo brings you a, a different dimension on the offensive side uh, than somebody like an Alfons- Alfonso Plummer does. Um, Al- Andre Curbelo isn't the best defender, but he's a better defender than Al- Alfonso Plummer. Um, so having him in there, you feel a little bit more comfortable uh, in those situations. Now, if you still need to light up the scoreboard down the stretch, you got to go with Plummer. Uh, yep. But if you have a lead, if you're just trying to maintain, if you need some stops, Curbelo is going to be your guy. And for Coleman, he just provides, again, uh, similar to Curbelo, he just adds a different a different layer. He's just more versatile. He can do a lot more. He's he's a true four. Uh, that's something that Jacob Grandison is not. Um, Devontae Williams is definitely not. Uh, and he's been able to play the five. Uh, he's been in there. He's gotten some huge rebounds. He got that big rebound uh, against Michigan at the end of the game. Had the huge putback dunk. Uh, the little alley oop to himself that he kind of pulled off. Did you uh, see what? Um, did you see what Jason Benetti tweeted? I just saw it today. I didn't see it. I yesterday saw most during... of his tweets, but I don't remember what one you're referring. He to. said, "If Coleman Hawkins could replicate that dunk in the dunk contest this year, it would have got a nine point five. <laughs> it was better than any dunk in the dunk contest. This is true. This is true. Uh, but yeah, uh, the second thing, and it's kind of something we've talked about to go off of what you mentioned about uh, the national people saying Illinois is a final four contender or whatever um, comparing them to Purdue and Wisconsin. I think the key word is something we have talked about. I think the, the word is balanced. I think Illinois yeah. is the most balanced of the big 10 teams. Purdue will light you up on offense. Like they are one of the, the best offensive teams in the country. Their defense is sketchy at best. Um, Wisconsin I don't know what Wisconsin is. They're just outperforming everybody. I agree with you. Uh, They're in the top 10 for a reason. Um, So you have to consider them. I just, I don't know. I I really don't know what to think. But Illinois just brings a different, they're just a more balanced team. They play defense really well. They play offense really well. They have scorers. They have one of the most dominant post players in the country. They have two legitimate point guards um, who can be on the floor at the same time. Um, they have guys that can light you up from outside. They have depth from on the bench. They have, now they have a, you know, a legitimate, you know, six ten wing in Coleman Hawkins that can do a lot. Uh, yeah, I, they, they've I'm added not, another offensive wrinkle the last right. two weeks of five out. And right. Brad said it in the post game. Yeah. And you're going to see more of that. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Illinois is going to the final four. I'm, I'm not, not saying that. But I might not to, pick them there just so I don't get my heart broken. <laughs> no. Well, at some point this season is going to end and it's yeah. going to end in heartbreaking fashion. I do not see them winning That's the national true. title. Um, 
But I do think they there is something to it. There is something to the balance that this team has. And with the emergence of Curbelo and Coleman Hawkins, it adds a different layer, a different level to what this team can do. Again, not making any wild predictions, but I do think there is something to that, to, to go off of what you said. So um, that's speaking where this of, team – go ahead. Speaking of balance, I got Ken Palm pulled up. Okay. Illinois is Ken Palm. They're holding steady at 16 overall. That's – yeah. Defense is taking a, a dip though. They were 22nd in defense a couple weeks ago or last week, even they're 35 in defense now. Not and their great. offense is 16. Purdue one in offense, as we said, 105 in <laughs> defense. Yikes. I Iowa is five in offense, 89 in defense. Iowa has now jumped Illinois in the overall. Yeah. Iowa is 15 in Kempom. Purdue is 13. And then you get down to Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 27th in Kempom. They're 38 in offense and 36 in defense. They're not even top 30. The metrics, the metrics, metrics don't like Wisconsin. Do not like Wisconsin. They do not like Providence. Um, that is that is the theme nationally. Um, but the metrics. Where's, where's Houston at? Not that they're a Big Ten team because they're another one that is high in the net, uh, but they still don't have a single quad one win. So they're sixth. Yeah. See, that's another one. That's another curious case. So, um, but yeah, uh, you know, in terms of what we were saying, I they they do have it. The defense, you're right, hasn't been as strong lately, um, and that's probably something to be concerned about. Um, but if they have the right matchups, I, I do think they're dangerous. I'm not predicting a Final Four. I'm just saying, that, yeah, you can't, I, it, I'm not ruling them out either. We've said it for a week or two now. And I heard it on another podcast this morning that I listened to the NCAA tournament. And I don't know how I've never thought of this as more of a factor. It's all about matchups. It's, always it's matchups. all about matchups. If Illinois runs into an Ohio state. Yeah. Kofi's the best player in the conference and one of the best players in the country, but we saw it against Ohio state. He's just not a, He's not a good guy to have on the floor for 35 minutes when it's a team like Ohio State or like Loyola last year. Although Kofi had a pretty game, pretty good game against Loyola last year. I think he had 25 and 12. Um, but there are just certain games that aren't built for a seven foot 285 dude when the other center is six six 200. Yeah, Kofi's offense wasn't the problem against Loyola. It was, it was he didn't know how he didn't know how to defend Cameron Cut Crutwig. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's what's in the past for Illinois uh, coming up this week, their last two regular season games of the season, both of them will be at home. Uh, they host Penn state on Thursday, Thursday and Iowa on Sunday. Craig will be at the game on Thursday. Are you excited? I am. I am. Yeah. I did. I did go to a game earlier this season. I went to the Arizona game earlier this season with, You're my, guys, with my guys, <laughs> uh, me and me and dad, dad's driving up from Pinkneyville oh. and he's going to meet me over there. We're going to go to the game. Um, pretty good seats. I think we're similar to where I sat. Uh, actually, we're very close to where I sat for the Arizona game. The Arizona game, if you're looking at the court, I was the section to the right of the band. This time I'm the section directly to the left of the band, right next to the tunnel, uh, five rows up. So um, pretty good seats. Me and Pops are going to go and hopefully um, see, a, see a win this time. And um, and yeah, I haven't seen, I haven't been this, to a win as a fan in a long time. Well, that's great. I'm glad you're going to be there. Uh, we will plan to do a post-game show after that one uh, <laughs> from your car. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh, but then, yes, then they the last regular season home game uh, will be 
against Iowa on Sunday, an Iowa team that, as you just mentioned, uh, has really skyrocketed them, themselves. Uh, this is not the same Iowa team that Illinois throttled uh, back in December or whenever it was. Yeah. Um, that's playing. They're playing a lot better. Uh, Keegan Murray is first team all conference for sure. Um, they're they're good. They can play. Um, so that's going to be certainly be a tough one. Uh, you, you definitely got to beat Penn State. Can't cannot afford to lay an egg against Penn State. Uh, and then hope that you're the better team on Sunday as well. So that's what's coming up. Uh, just take a quick look at the standings in the Big Ten. Uh, Wisconsin currently has that one game lead over both Purdue and Illinois. But of course, Wisconsin and Purdue match up Tuesday night in Madison. Uh, that's going to be a big game. Big game for a lot of people. Uh, Illinois, I'm sh- fan- Illinois fans, I'm sure, will be tuning into that. I know I will. Uh, boiler up, baby. Boiler up. Um if Purdue wins that game and Illinois wins out, you're looking at a likely a three game, a three team share of the Big Ten title. Um, yep. If uh, Wisconsin wins that, the conference title is all theirs. Um, so that's if, that's what's on the line. Well, there's other factors that go into play. Yes, they could also if, lose again and everything else. Yeah, if Purdue wins Tuesday, but then loses at Indiana or against Indiana, Illinois will be the one seed because there would be a two-way tie between Illinois and Wisconsin and Illinois beat Wisconsin. There you go. So if Purdue goes 0-2. Yeah. If, no, Purdue if they goes, win. If, if they, they go 1-1. One one, but they have to beat Wisconsin. If they beat Wisconsin and, and then lose to Indiana, that's the scenario? Okay. There are still plenty of scenarios. Uh, Illinois is pretty much locked for a 1-4 through four seed. Uh, 1-3 through three seed in the Big Ten tournament is probably likely. Um, but either way, looking at the double bye, could be anywhere between one through four at this point. So that's what's left um, for the Illini Cup. Just two more games left before the Big Ten tournament. So we will have plenty more Illinois basketball stuff coming up. Um, but that's where we're at now. Other um, Illinois basketball note that we do at least want to touch on briefly today. Kylan Boswell uh, did announce his commitment to Arizona today. He was a big target that Illinois was after. A kid who's originally from Champaign, who has since uh, been out on the West Coast. Um, Arizona seemed to be the favorite from the beginning on that, uh, but Illinois had kind of worked their way into the mix to get him. Uh, would have been an, would have been a nice addition. He's a he's a point guard. Uh, they could definitely could have used. Um, they they definitely could have used him for sure. Uh, not really surprised that Illinois didn't land him, uh, but it was it was nice to see that they were at least in the mix on somebody of his talent because he was. He's pretty darn good. So were you shocked by shocked by this news today, Craig? Thank you. Next. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> I I mean, yes, I think Illinois made it close. You know, he had yeah. his, no, his, grandpa, I, I his grandpa played football here. He listened to the cell, but I don't think they got anywhere. No. I, I just said, I think Illinois made it close, but I don't think they got close. I think it was Arizona unless Arizona royally screwed up his official visit the week after he was at Illinois, I think he was going to Arizona. I, I don't think that Illinois really ever got a shot. Just some of the quotes I saw from the recruiting articles that I read was, uh, yeah, Illinois had to convince a couple different family members that it was the right move, and, and I just don't think that it was going to happen. Yeah. So Illinois will move on from that uh, recruiting wise. Mm-hmm. They'll be on the market in the market this offseason for a guard or two. 
Um, but we got more basketball to play before we get there. Uh, let's talk about the national base basketball stuff. Um, this was a crazy Saturday. Did you see that? Did you, did you tune I, I did. in for any basketball? I didn't Saturday? leave the couch. Yes, I saw, I saw it all. Um, in case you missed it, one through six all lost on Saturday. Um, Gonzaga lost to St. Mary's. Uh, I don't have them at, all pulled up in front of me. Gonzaga was at St. Mary's. At St. Mary's. Uh, Arizona, Arizona lost was at, Colorado. at Colorado. Auburn lost at Tennessee. Purdue lost at Michigan State. Uh, Kansas lost at Baylor and Kentucky lost at Arkansas. Granted, most of those were at least ranked losses. And Colorado Texas was Tech not lost at yes, TCU. They were, yes, they were a little further down. They were number nine at the time and they lost at TCU. So, uh, yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of craziness, but not a lot of shakeup in the top 25, uh, at yeah. least in the top, at least in the top 10, uh, yeah. when every, when everybody loses, what are you going to do? You're going to put Duke in the number one spot? Mm-mm, no, that wasn't happening. Uh, 11 people did. Uh, well, no. Uh, so, yeah. Baylor, that, Baylor jumped from 10 to 3. Yeah, well, I, yes. Well, I mean, they beat Kansas. And they were the only one close to that that, that did that. So, whatever. Uh, but that was the crazy Saturday. Uh, I didn't really see that coming. No. Always a couple teams could lose. But for I all think six it was... to lose? That's I think never it was happened, right? During game day, I think I saw the tweet that said the top six teams all play today and all play on the road. Um, there is a less than 1% chance that all six win, and it's more likely that two or three of them lose than one. And I was like, you know what? I wonder what the odds are for all of them to lose. Because I feel like you could probably make pretty decent money. <laughs> I mean, I was never going to do that because I never thought that it was going to happen. Like one of those five has to win or six has to win. Um, yeah. But I did have that thought and then it happened and I was like, holy smokes. I yeah. First time in history, first time in history, just damn. It was nuts. That was crazy. So uh, yeah, that was Saturday. Um, so in case you missed that, that was uh, that was a fun day. Um, I watched a little bit. I had the, when we were out for dinner, out to dinner, the Auburn Tennessee game was on. I still, so I saw a good chunk of that game. Um, St. Mary's and Gonzaga was the last one on the day, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause it was two through six had lost up until that point. So I'm like, surely Gonzaga is going to win. Yeah. And then they, they lost two. So um, that's, that was a good point. It was perfect because they were all staggered. So yeah. Purdue, Michigan state and uh, Baylor, Kansas were early. They were the noon game. And then Kentucky, Arkansas, and then Auburn, Tennessee, and then um, who was five? What was five? No, then it was Arizona, Colorado, and then it was Gonzaga, St. Mary's. Like there was only one time where two of those games were on at the same time, and it was the early window. It was it was great scheduling by the TV networks for once. You want to talk about that? No, <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like you're you're leaning into your whole issue with uh, with I, Illinois, okay. Illinois start times. I will keep it, it under a minute. It's okay. 2022. My point is there has to be a better way to do this. That's all I'm saying. Let's let's inform people what we're referring to. The last couple of games, Illinois has had a scheduled start time 
that the game has either gone well the game in front of him had either run over or wasn't long enough and this most recent one the michigan game on sunday the game in front of them ran a little long and they started the Mich- the illinois michigan game after a commercial with like two minutes into the game yeah so okay now go on continue your rant that's all I'm saying is that it's 2022. We've been televising college basketball games for 50 years, whatever. I don't know how long it has been, but probably 50 or more years. How do we not have it figured out yet? Like, I think the main issue is, have you ever seen a college basketball game that ends in two hours? So why are we scheduling seven and nine o'clock games? Schedule 630 and nine or seven and nine, like give another 15 or 30 minutes. It's not that hard. Yes, you're right. I agree with you. Um, I do think that that game was actually going to spoke. It started at 2.15, I think, or 2.10. Um, it didn't It didn't start at 2 o'clock. The problem with CBS is that they their overflow is cbssports.com, which you could have tur- turned to. You could have watched the game um, on cbssports.com. CBS doesn't, they have CBS sports network, but for one who even knows how to find that channel. I don't, I don't get it. Um, so that's probably why, like, I understand your issue. Uh, but I do think there is something to the fact that they can't, that once they decide on a start time, that's what the start time is. Yeah. I think that that's, I don't think TV, TV can dictate that. I, I've, come understanding. Off, I've come off of the thought that just, hold the players until the game before is done because Bryce Williams replied and said, you have to start it at 60. Right. Because players have routine and coaches have like, okay, that makes sense. The, the change that needs made is if you start, if the first game on ESPN tonight starts at seven, the second game should start at nine 15, not nine o'clock. Just go ahead and move it 15 minutes and be done with it. And if it's if it's done at nine o'clock, you have fifteen minutes of studio time, which I know ESPN would love. I, th- I think that's that's where it needs fixed because college basketball games are ninety nine percent of the time take longer than two hours. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right, thank you for your time. Um, <laughs> okay, let's do some uh, some bracket stuff. Um, we've kind of talked about um, Illinois seating and things. Um, I have, I did uh, my first really forte. Logan is a bracketologist. Uh, I did a little bracketology last week uh, and I post, put it out on Twitter. Uh, It wasn't perfect. I will admit it was far from perfect. I I was not the most thorough. Don't sell yourself short. With double checking matchups and things, but I did at least take a lot of time to put it together. I'm in the process of doing it again. I will say this stuff takes a lot of time. It is very difficult. Um, it's very time consuming. So those of you that actually do this thing on a regular basis, I applaud you. I have a lot of respect for you. Um, but I have been attempting to do this to keep this up uh, this week as well. It's not fully fleshed out like it was last week. Um, but I do have a couple things I want to mention. We talked about it at the top of the show uh, with Illinois seating. Uh, we asked the question last week in our question of the week, where are they going to end up? Most people said they would be a three seed. Um, I think had they beaten Ohio state, they would probably still be in that conversation. Um, you said you think they're likely a five or lower. Is that what you were suggesting? 
I yes, kind of base no. mine. I kind of look at the top 25 and think, all right, they're 20th in the country right now. 20 divided by four is five. Correct. That's kind of where I stand. And you mentioned it earlier. Or no, you mentioned it before we started recording, I think. You have to look, you have to look at the net every day, and you have to update the quad one wins every day. And Illinois is losing quad one wins, and they're losing a quad two win likely to Cincinnati. It's going to fall to quad three because Cincinnati plays SMU and Houston their last two games or something like that, and they're probably going to lose those. So they're going to fall into quad three. So I just don't think the resume is that great. They're saving grace is Corbell has been out for 12 games and the committee takes that into, into effect. So yeah. I, I think they're right on the four or five line. I think it, it, in the end, it's going to go either way. That's exactly where I have them. I have them right now um, as the, as the top seat on the five line. Um, but I think you can make an argument for them to be on the four. Uh, they're certainly not on the three right now. Um, and anybody that tries to tell you they are, I, I thought it was crazy that the committee had them on the three, two weeks ago. Uh, I, or whenever that was a week ago, I thought that was nuts. Um, but I was happy with it. I could see the argument. Um, a, a general theme we talked about for a while, uh, early on in the season. And it really wasn't up until that long ago. This team didn't have any quality wins. They had no marquee victories on their resume. Now, at this point, they do have some. They got the Wisconsin win. They've beaten Michigan State twice. They've beaten Michigan. They've beaten Iowa at this point once, at least, which has proven to be a pretty good win. So they do have those wins now. But you're right. Uh, looking at other teams around them, um, they are Illinois is 5-5 five and five in quad one. Uh, they are 6-3 and three in quad two. Um you have to compare them to teams like UConn. Uh, UConn is four and six in quad one, six and or eight and one in quad two. What's Tennessee? US, Tennessee is seven and seven and five and zero. Oh. Okay, so all of their have, losses are quad one losses. Correct. Okay, I have them on the four line. Yeah. Um, but again, there's there's certainly going to be plenty of movement here. What For me, when I when I was just doing this, I have Arkansas on the five. I have Arkansas one spot below Illinois. Um, when I was doing this, one through six for me was pretty easy. Uh, it's pretty comparable to what the top 25 is right now. I have Gonzaga, Arizona, Baylor, and Auburn on my one line. And I have Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, and Providence on my two line. Now, one through six, I think is pretty easy. I think you can probably switch a couple teams in there, but I think those one through six right now, being Gonzaga, Arizona, Baylor, Auburn, Kansas, Kentucky. That's pretty locked. I had a hard time with seven through 12, 13. Uh, Duke, Providence, Wisconsin, Purdue, Villanova, Texas Tech, Tennessee. Ordering them was a little more challenging uh, because there's a couple teams that have high are high in the net. Uh, there are a couple teams that are low in the net, but that are have a lot more quad one wins and that type of thing. Um, as I as I mentioned earlier, the metrics do not like Providence. They do not like Wisconsin. Uh, but those teams have have pretty good resumes. The net the metrics love Houston. Houston still doesn't have a quad one win. I have Houston as a five seed, um, but they are currently number three in the net. So I don't know where they're going to fit. Um, 
but that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. I, I have not figured the whole thing out. So don't ask me who I have Illinois playing because <laughs> it's a five twelve matchup. So good luck. Anyway, uh, you just want to avoid that at all costs. Um, I think you said um, that you think Illinois ends up in the five or worse. Is that correct? Is that what you said? Um, yeah, I think, I think they end up a five. I think they win two this week and lose either Saturday or Sunday of the tournament. And I think they're right on the, I just don't think they do enough to solidify themselves as a four or better. Yeah, that's fair. I'm gonna I think five. I will say, and a lot of things is going to depend on what happens elsewhere and everything else. I think they'll end up a four. Um, I think they can jump a couple of these teams. I think they can jump USC. Um, I think they could, I think they can potentially jump UConn. Um, there's a couple teams ahead of them that I think they could, they could get back on that four line. Uh, I had you asked me a week ago, I would have said their, their ceiling was a two. Uh, at this point, I'd say their ceiling is probably a three, but that's probably even pushing it. Yeah, uh, I think they're a four. If they five. win out and win the Big Ten tournament championship, I think they could end up back on the three line. Uh, yeah. But I think more likely a four, in my opinion. Um, but I, five is certainly uh, within within reach right now. Um, so that's uh, – but, yeah, that's where we're at. Any other bracket-related questions while I have my spreadsheet pulled up here? No. Uh, okay. Nope. I think I'm good. Well, I might at some point have more matchups and everything, but I didn't get that done in time. So I apologize uh, to those listeners that were hoping for that. Uh, okay. We're going to do something a little fun this time uh, with the tournament, just a couple weeks away. Uh, Craig and I are going to draft teams that we think will win the national championship. Is that correct? Yeah. Would you like to explain uh, how we're going to do this? Since this was your brilliant idea, are we are we gonna snake it with two people, or are we just gonna alternate? Let's just alternate. Okay, let's just alternate. Okay, so I'm gonna flip a coin for who goes first. Logan, you call it. Heads. What do you mean to call it in the air? Heads. I I think that that says heads. That's heads. I can't tell. That is a heads. Logan, do you want the first or the second pick? I'll pick first. (laughs) Okay, pick first. (laughs) Uh, I shouldn't have picked first because I'm not even sure who I'm going to go. <laughs> um, I will pick first. I'm going to pick Arizona. Wow. I think there's another team that certainly has what it takes to get there. I mean, I think there's a few teams that do, but um, I, I there's just something about Arizona to me that just feels like a – championship team so i'm going to take arizona first overall we're choosing five each correct yes we're going to five go each. yeah we're only okay. going to go five all right so i'm taking arizona who wow. are you taking all right um i'll take the zags okay that's fair that's fair they they could have gone number one i i was definitely considering them as well okay uh number two i'm gonna take kentucky do we, do we, do we want to talk like about them or do we are we just gonna I'm just going to take, take them. I mean, we can, we can talk about them. What, okay. do, you, what do you want to talk about? Gonzaga? <laughs> I just Gonzaga feel like has... we're, I just feel like we're flying through this and 
I mean, I mean, what do you want to say? Gonzaga, they have two of the um, best players in the whole country. Do you? Ha- well, let's go back to your first one. Do you have oh. what? What's your concerns with Arizona? Do you have any concerns with Arizona, or do you think they're? Because I well, have a big concern with Arizona. I don't think that any of these teams are a clear favorite. <laughs> uh, this is not like last year where there was Baylor, Gonzaga, and everybody else. Um, there, I don't think there's a clear favorite. I think every single one of these teams has flaws. Uh, as we talked about, I think Purdue has maybe the best offense in the country, but their defense is atrocious. I think Gonzaga has a or Arizona has a pretty good offense. I'm not sure what about their defense. Um, you know, there's there's certainly going to be questions at play here for everybody. I don't think there's a, a clear favorite. Uh, I could have easily taken Gonzaga number one overall, um, but I mean Arizona has the talent. We've already seen them play once this year. Uh, I wasn't paying as much attention to that game as you were. You were clearly there. I was at another game. Um, in terms of watching them in person, but uh, no, I just, I think that they're, I think, I don't know that there's a complete team in the field, but I just feel some, I just feel confident in Arizona. Okay. Their guard play concerns me. They don't have a, yeah. a great point guard. Kirk Reese no, is they don't. okay, but he went over 15 in a game earlier this season. Like, yeah, he he's not a great point guard. So I have a little bit of con- a concern there, but Benedict Matherin can take over a game whenever he wants. Um, Zags, my concern is that they're the Zags. They play in the West Coast Conference, so we don't really know who they are because they haven't played anyone since December. Correct. I mean, that's is what it is. All right. I heard you say your next one, but say it again. Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky. Uh, I think uh, they have <laughs> probably the best player in the country. Uh, Oscar Tushibe. 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 Tishibe. Tishibi. Shibwe. Tishibi. Oscar Tishibi. Tishibwe. <laughs> I can't um, stop you being serious right now or not. <laughs> it's like the uh, the one TikTok where pi no ki ki. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I think Kentucky is, uh, they certainly have their flaws too. Um, but I, you can't, you can't never, I have, I just, I trust Kentucky more than I think I trust some of these other teams. I think that's pretty much what this comes down to. So again, don't think they're perfect. That's going to be the theme here, but I like what they have. So I'll take Kentucky. Yeah. I was hoping to get into Kentucky because I, I really like them this year. Um, so I'll send coach K out with the national title. I'll, I'll take, I'll take the Dukies mm. next. Okay. They're, um, they got 11 first place votes, like I said earlier in the show this week. Um, Paolo Bancaro, I really like their big Mark Williams. I think he's he's great. He's long and athletic. Um, so I, they're just young. I, they're relying on a freshman, so that's that's a concern. But I'm gonna go with the Dukies with my second pick. Okay. Pick three. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> there's only about I, eight eight to ten teams that i think can win it so yeah i agree um <laughs> he's struggling <laughs> i'll go with baylor oh okay. i'll go with baylor um they've they've shown that they're they're certainly in the conversation um what they did last year was pretty great. I think they have a chance to do it again this year. 
Uh, they're certainly not as good as they were last year, but I, I believe they belong in this conversation. Um, they've, you know, they just beat Kansas, who I think is obviously going to probably be selected by one of us. Um, so that's, that's certainly something that's a tough conference too. Uh, and if you can come yeah. out with, you yeah. know, as good of a record as they have in that conference, that's, that's definitely something to tip your hat to. So I will take Baylor with my third pick. Okay. I'm between two teams mm. mm-hmm. I'm between two right now. Mm-hmm. And are you, do you think you know who they are? I can think of three. <laughs> I'm not sure who of the three you're going with, but. Um, I, I hate doing it. Both have Illinois ties that I'm going between. And I'm going to get crushed because I got crushed before when I said I'm rooting for this team in this one particular game. I'm going to go with Auburn. Yep. I'm going to go with Auburn. Um, Jabari Smith is a baller. Walker Kessler is improved so much from his time in North Carolina. He is just a shot-blocking machine. Um, and they're a little bit better defensively than the rest of the field. So I- I'm going to go with with Auburn here to go with Duke and Gonzaga. I like it. Uh, I'll probably go with the other one you were looking at. Uh, was that Kansas? It was. <laughs> yeah, I'll take Kansas. Uh, again, same as same as Baylor. Uh, that conference is really good. And yeah. they've obviously just lost to Baylor, um, but they've, they've got a lot of things going for them. Uh, Bill Self is a tremendous coach. I didn't really, I mean, going into the season, I'm not really sure how high on them I was, uh, but they've, they've elevated themselves back into the conversation. So uh, I will take Kansas. Yeah, I like, um, I like a lot of what they do. I like a lot of what they do. Christian Braun, Ochai Baji, um, who was their McCormick down low is a, a, a decent big. He's not a Kofi or a, um, uh, Oscar Sheebway, but but he's a good big. That's a that's a good pick. I was literally I was back and forth between those two. Um, again, I'm between two teams here, and I just can't I can't pick the one. So I'm gonna go with UCLA. They're a team that made the run last year. Um. I don't think I think people had inflated expectations because of that, but I do think they are the second best team in the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 had a ton of success in the tournament last year. So I'm gonna hope that they have more this year, and I'm gonna go with the Bruins. Pick five. This is my pick five. Yes, fifth and final. I'll probably go with the one that you were not ready to pull the trigger on. <laughs> I'll take the best offense in the country. Yeah. Purdue. Yeah. Purdue. Uh, obviously their defense is questionable at best. Um, I'm not super confident with this pick, but that offense is good and they, they can, they can carry a team. So uh, I will take Purdue. Maybe this is the year finally that the big 10 wins a championship. Um, yeah. I think Purdue is, is the big 10's best shot. I know Illinois has probably the most balance and Wisconsin is, doing Wisconsin things, but I think if anybody is going to win the title from the big 10, I'm still taking Purdue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, defense is a major concern. Oh, it's absolutely major major concern. concern. And 
again, listening to a podcast last night or this morning, I agreed with what they said. It doesn't make any sense why they're so bad defensively. Jaden Ivey is an athlete among athletes. Zach Eady is seven foot 20 in the paint, and but he only plays like 20 minutes. Travion Williams is a beast down low. It, it makes no sense why they're not playing well defensively. So maybe the metrics are not – I don't know. I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense. And also, I'm just kind of vamping here because I have no idea who I'm going to take with this last <laughs> with this last pick. Yeah, um, I, I didn't know where this last one's going to go either. So I'm glad I picked, picked the ninth, had ninth. So because uh, I think all the teams that could win it have been picked already. Um, you know, you know, there's that phrase: "Play to your audience." <laughs> Oh, so, so let's play to the audience here. Okay. I'll take Illinois. I, I mean, I, I don't, I can't pick Houston. I don't trust Houston. Um, I'm looking at Ken Palm here. I don't think Tennessee is national title worthy. Villanova is not deep enough. Texas is just <laughs> so inconsistent. I'm going to go with Illinois. I don't think it happens. I think there's a there, less than 5% there was, chance it happens. There was another top 10 team that you didn't that we didn't pick. Providence? No. Wisconsin? Tech. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Texas Tech is the national title. I think I would I would have Illinois over Texas Tech. Okay. All right. That's fair. Play to your audience. I love it. Are we going to put this <laughs> out there for the people to vote on who ha- who which which of us? Is oh, yeah. Win? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Wonderful. All right. So run it, run through them. Who, who did we take? Um, Logan had first pick. He went Arizona, Kentucky, Baylor, Kansas, and Purdue. Craig, second, Gonzaga, Duke, Auburn, UCLA, and Illinois. <laughs> do, you like your, do you like your chances? I like four of my five. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Maybe we should just pick Nate. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, if the Big Ten wins the national championship, I guess we could be Wisconsin. But uh, it looks like we're pretty good. So, uh, but that's great. That's great. Uh, that was fun. We'll do that again sometime. All right. Let's move on. Uh, Major League Baseball. Um, not really much news out of the lockout. They set the owners set the deadline um, that uh, if they didn't come to an agreement today that they were going to cancel the first week of the regular season, which I don't really understand the logic behind some of that stuff, but whatever, uh, that's what they're threatening. Uh, I have not seen any reports that says, suggests as they came to any sort of agreement today. And I'm going to guess that they won't come to any sort of agreement tomorrow. Everything I have seen and read and heard is that they are still on total opposite ends of this thing. Um, which sucks. I mean, we're, we are now getting into the, to the final stretch of this thing. And, we are, we are cutting into spring training. Uh, looks like we're going to be cutting into the regular season. I'm not super optimistic, Craig. I'm not. And it sucks. Uh, I love baseball. I, it probably doesn't bother me as much right now because we still have college basketball and we still have a really good Illinois team that we're following. Yeah. But as soon as Illinois bows out of the tournament, whether that is opening weekend or final four, I'm going to be ready for baseball. And I'm not sure it's going to be ready for me. So uh, it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. Yeah, they're um, they're down at Roger Dean Stadium in Jupiter 
where the Cardinals and Marlins play their spring training games. Um, just continue to see the the group of like eight to ten players going in and out of there with Rob Manfred going in and out of there and negotiators going in and out of there. Just 25 minutes ago, Rob Manfred walked past the media, asked if any progress. He responded, we're working at it. It's from Jesse Rogers on ESPN. Um, John Heyman just tweeted something um, that I didn't realize was this serious of an issue. The 14-team postseason is a very big issue at the moment. The union sees this as their biggest bargaining chip as MLB presses hard for it. Union previously agreed to 12 teams, so one way or another, it's expanding. I just don't think that that's an issue that should be holding this up. No, It should I, be the taking care of your minor leaguers and this um, um, service time, like not manipulating the service time like they did Chris Bryant and they do like and these teams do every year. Those are the issues that need to be figured out. Now, maybe they are figured out and this is just like the icing, but I highly doubt it. I just I, I just don't. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think that that's that's what's holding this thing up. Um, I understand that that's that's certainly an issue, but there's there's a lot of problems there, um, and that's why I just I'm not optimistic that they're going to figure it out. <clears throat> uh, I mean, who uh, are you? I mean, I assume, and I, I know because we, we talked about it before we started recording, but you are pro players. Yes, in this one hundred percent. I texted a, a buddy of mine just two hours ago i said why do we support the mlb when the company is full of greedy egotistical a-holes yeah like why why do we consume this business and this product when this is how they repay the fans they've talked about for years growing the game and let the kids play initiative and then you do this and this isn't on the players. This is a lockout. This is not a strike. This is a lockout initiated by the owners. It's yeah. all on them. It is 100% on them why there is yeah. not going to be baseball until mid to late April now. Yeah. Did you read Jeff Passan's quotes? Article? I did not. I did not read it. I, I listened. He was on Dan Patrick show today. I did listen to, to that interview. Um, he mentioned the, the column he was going to have up, but I did not. I have not read it yet. What did he talk about? Uh, I mean, it's a pretty long paragraph. It's a free article on ESPN, but he tweeted out a screenshot of it. Uh, Major League Baseball is in a crisis of its own making, a self-inflicted wound born of equal parts hubris, short-sightedness, and stubbornness from a class of owners who run the teams and seemingly have designs on running the game into the ground. Yeah, Barring a miracle 11th hour agreement Monday on a new labor deal that ends its lockout of the MLB Players Association, the league said it will cancel opening day games. Baseball finds itself on the precipice of such an ugly, I don't know this word, <laughs> is that, oh, sorry, restarting that sentence, that baseball finds itself on the precipice of such an ugly den- denouement is no accident. It is a study in the consequence of bad behavior of indignites big and small of abiding by the letter of the law while ignoring its spirits and worst of all of alienating those who make the sport great yeah yeah uh jeff has been critical um ken rosenthal posted something on the athletic a week or so ago also very critical on the situation uh, as they should be Uh, i mean this i'm also pro players in this situation i've talked to a lot of people that um, maybe from older generations that may not feel the same way. Um, 
but either way this is still millionaires versus billionaires um, yeah so true. like true. to that extent like get over yourselves but i can respect what the players are doing um, yeah they have felt like they have been mistreated by this whole situation um for a long time and they're they're standing their ground so yeah uh, hopefully it pays off for them i'm just not sure that it will yeah i read that one that's not the one i meant to read <laughs> this is the one that i was talking about um he says sports is a unique industry typically workers make a product in baseball they are the product the game of baseball is the framework and exists in two classes players and owners basically saying that this isn't you know you go into a restaurant and the workers there make you a sandwich and you go consume that sandwich. Like the players are what the game is. Right. And no one's standing up for them. So they are really fighting for themselves and the owners couldn't care less. Yeah. Yeah. It's that article though. It's, yeah, it's really good. I will, I will definitely get to that. Um, but yeah, that's where we are with baseball. Uh, the other, the, there was big news out of baseball today though. It had nothing to do with the lockout. Well, maybe it didn't. I don't know. It probably did. Uh, but Derek Jeter uh, is stepping away, stepping down from his role within the Marlins organization. Um, kind of came out of nowhere. Um, Jeter had been a owner or CEO uh, with, with them for quite a while. Um, but uh, he, he released a statement basically saying that he came in and understood that there was a vision and that they're all on the same page. And he's come to find out that the, his vision is not their vision. So he's deciding that he's done. So uh, that kind of caught a lot of people off guard. I think uh, whether or not that has anything to do with the current lockout, uh, we may or may not ever know. Uh, but uh, that was at least some big news out of baseball. Were you, uh, were you surprised? I always thought it was weird that he was in that role. I, I never thought he would be a guy to go to a front office when he retired. Um Credit to him, they made the playoffs. The Marlins made the playoffs in the in the uh, COVID shortened season, um, so he's got a playoff appearance. Um, but yeah, it, it just never fully made sense. So can't say I'm super surprised that he's stepping away. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. But uh, yeah, I just I would like for there, there to be baseball sometime soon. Minor <laughs> league baseball sounds like it's going to happen. Um, they're you know doing spring training for, for the minor leagues. And um, so for, for you and I that live in minor league baseball towns, we will still have something to go watch True, uh, regardless of whether or not there's major league baseball. I'm wearing my South Bend Cubs attire. True. Um, but yeah, wish there was going to be major league baseball sometime soon, but I'm not really sure that's going to be the case. So um, anything else sports related that we need to talk about? I'm, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I got an alert about an hour ago that Art Bryles will no longer be offensive coordinator at Grambling State. So did you see that? I did. Grambling State hired Art Bryles as the offensive coordinator and immediate backlash. Like yes. why, what, what, why? And yeah. now it's been less than a week and they're saying he's not going to do it anymore. That's yeah, it. that was a, that was a strange move to begin with. Um, all right. I'm going to take the floor here for a little bit. Um, All right. I'll see you later. I should have wore a tuxedo. (laughs) Uh, We're going to do the Logies. Um, I thought the Logies were going to get a full episode. We could wear tuxedos. No, we don't need to do a full episode. Uh, Eat eat my jelly beans and let you go. Yeah. Yeah. You do that. 
so yeah, the Logies, uh, my every, my annual, um, end of the year movie reviews slash awards that I give out. Um, if you're familiar with the show for a while, you know, that I have talked about movies on a pretty regular basis. Um, and so I go back around the Oscars time every year, go back to the year before and take a look at all the movies I watched, hand out some awards, uh, things like that. There will be a, um, a blog post for this. You can read all of it that I will put up uh, probably tomorrow. Um, but I wanted to at least talk about it on here for a little bit. So uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Um, I don't even know where to begin. Like, I, I don't really have a plan for this. I just like <laughs> want to like, you know, mention a few things. Uh, just go down the awards. That's, yeah, I could do that. All right. Um, I don't want to talk about everything. But basically, I did, you know, all the normal stuff, best actor, best actress, supporting actor, supporting actress. I do a few others too. Uh, best vocal performance. Um, I gave that one to um, Abby Jacobson from Mitchell's versus the Machines. That was um, almost as much of just a uh, how great of a character Kate Mitchell was, uh, just as much as the voice vocal performance. But uh, best young actor or actress, uh, Jude Hill from Belfast was really good. There was a few others in that one as well. Uh, but I gave it to him. Um, best supporting actor. I had Willem Dafoe in my uh, my nominees uh, for his work in Spider-Man No Way Home because uh, I thought he was great in that movie. Uh, and I thought he deserved that. But I gave it to Troy Kotzer uh, from CODA, who won the, the SAG Award last night, the Screen Actors Guild Award for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, I think that when the Oscars come, that'll be somebody else. Uh, but I'll have a separate thing for that later on. Uh, but I gave it to Troy Kotzer. Loved that movie. Loved his role in CODA. Uh, supporting actress, Ariana DeBose from West Side Story. She's pretty much a lock to win the Oscar. Um, would have loved to have seen Marley Matlin win that or even get nominated for that at the Oscars for CODA. Um, but she did not. Uh, but or Ariana DeBose is, is going to win. No, no question there. Lead actor, uh, King Richard. Uh, Will Smith from King Richard. Um, could be Cumberbatch. Could be Andrew Garfield. Uh, but, uh, I, I really loved Will Smith's performance. That man needs an Oscar. Uh, he's had quite the career, big fan of his, uh, I thought he was great in that movie. Did you ever watch King Richard? You need to watch King Richard nope. best. I mean, it's honestly the best sports movie we've had in a while. Um, and I'm not even really a big tennis guy. Like I'm familiar with Venus and Serena Williams, but, um, but yeah, King Richard's really good. Uh, you should watch that one. Will Smith obviously was very good. I think he has a pretty good shot to win the Oscar. Uh, best lead actress was a little more of a toss up. Um, Jessica Chastain won at the SAG Awards last night. I'm, I have no clue who's going to win the, the Oscars. I gave it to Olivia Coleman from The Lost Daughter. Uh, not a movie that I mentioned on the show before. Um, in fact, I just watched it fairly recently. It's on Netflix. She's really good in it, though. Um, she is an Oscar nom. She might win. I don't know who will win, but I gave it to her. Uh, best director i gave it to uh, denis villeneuve for for dune he wasn't even nominated for the oscar which i thought was a absolute travesty uh but what he did with dune was pretty spectacular um that's such a just the scope and the scale of that movie and for them to actually pull it off with that size of cast and everything i thought he deserved that i don't know why he wasn't nominated um steven spielberg jane campion uh, were also good people there for that i think one of them will probably win probably campion at the oscar uh for power of the dog but um denis villeneuve for for dune was my pick uh all right and then movies uh 
So I didn't really, I didn't have a lot of competition for this, uh, but I gave this category to the best film that wasn't actually a film. Last year I did Hamilton was the best film that wasn't actually a film. This year, Bo Burnham inside. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> I, I actually need to go back and revisit it. Uh, but Bo Burnham, if you know, you know. Like if you watch Bo Burnham inside, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, that was definitely the best film that wasn't a film. Uh, <laughs> King Richard, I mentioned for a few things, sports movie, biopic, that type stuff. I uh, got gave some love for some other movies here. Uh, best action movie I gave to No Time to Die, which is the movie I do know that you saw. Um, so that's we're like what one for a ten? <laughs> no, I watched Mitchell's and the Machines. Oh, that's true. Okay, great. Uh, you've seen a few of these. Uh, no Time to Die, best action, funniest film. Comedies are dead, Craig. Comedies are <laughs> dead. They just don't exist anymore. Like the studio comedy is gone. It is rom coms dead. Just general comedies, no more. Um, Wait, isn't there all... the the new one with uh, Owen Wilson and J Lo? Isn't that's like screamed rom com? Yes. Okay, they do exist. Doesn't mean they're good. Um, I gave funniest film to Free Guy. Don't I saw that, that streaming it was... now. It's on my list. I'm going to watch it, that really soon. I enjoyed it. I know a lot of people were not huge fans of it. I actually watched it a second time last night because Allison wanted to watch it. It is streaming on both Disney Plus and HBO Max right now. Yeah. Um, I said it's the funniest film. Is it really? I don't know. It made me laugh. Whatever. Comedies are dead. Uh, most disappointing. I had Don't Look Up in this for a while. Um, I know where you're going. but I could have gone Evan Hansen. Oh, okay. um, but I'm going to go with another movie that I know you just tried to watch recently. Um, Eternals. Oh yeah. Eternals. Uh, I, and I talked about it on this show. Eternals to me on paper had, had the highest potential of any MCU movie ever. Uh, Chloe Zhao directing it. She had just won best director and best picture for Nomadland next year, last year, this huge cast, this grand scope of a movie, I just thought that, that was going to be best picture worthy. Um, and it was just a, it was just a miss. Um, it was, it wasn't the worst movie of the year by any stretch of the imagination. It's not even the worst movie of the, of the MCU. It's probably middle of the road MCU, but just compared to what that movie could have been, it wasn't, it wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, it just, it just missed. Did you, did you get, did you actually watch it or did you like actually stop after you got no, like, it? No, I actually in. stopped 40 minutes in. I stopped. Yeah. Why did you stop? Um, I think it was just, I, it wasn't what I was looking for that night. Like that's fair. I, I saw it stream. I've seen it on Disney plus for months now. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'll get to it eventually. Um, I think it was Friday or Saturday night. Christy had gone to bed. I was like, all right, I'll turn it on. And I did. And initially I was interested but then it, it got, it kept going and kept going. And I was like, yeah, this ain't doing it for me. So I turned yeah. it off. I'll fin I'll finish it eventually now that I've started it's, it. But. It's a struggle. Um, again, it should have been like a seven or eight <laughs> episode Disney plus show. Yeah. Had a lot of issues that they, I don't know. I don't want to get into it, but either way, that's what I gave most disappointed to. Could have been, don't look up. Could have certainly been dear Evan Hansen. Uh, but uh, it was it was your incredible. your review of Dear Evan Hansen made me not watch it. I was pumped for it, and after you said it was what it was, I'm like, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> I 
<laughs> you don't need to go. I'm just saying. No, you don't need to go I, on a tangent here. I, I mean, I'm going to watch it again. Uh, I I I didn't hate it. I didn't hate the movie. I just they just did so many things wrong about that movie, and it just wasn't it just wasn't done right. I, I you are somebody that enjoys musicals, so I yeah. would suggest that you do watch it. Okay. Um, you you may enjoy it. Just know going into it the issues that I brought up, uh, and you might enjoy it. The music's still fine. The music is still really good. That had nothing to do with it. Uh, it's just some of the choices that they made in terms of actor and the camera shots and all that stuff but either way all right moving on um lastly uh film of the year um i basically have my nominees and then my winner and to be totally transparent with you i don't know what i'm giving giving my best movie to um (laughs) i had something picked out and i had it whole the whole thing written and i'm second guessing myself because I don't, I'm not really in love with any of these movies. They're all good. They're all better than what I saw last year, but there's just not one that really sticks out to me as like the best movie of the year. Um, Because like the best movie of the year is probably the power of the dog. And I don't even have it in this list because I was just, I was bored to death. So I didn't even include it. Power of the dog. I don't have listed on here. Don't look up, which is an Oscar nominee. I don't have listed on here. Um, Yeah. So I don't know, but for right now, nominees belfast it's really good uh that is available to rent it's on demand um it's really good i i recommend that uh dune huge movie huge cast huge scope uh it's on blu-ray dvd all that stuff on demand it'll be on hbo max again eventually i definitely recommend watching that it is basically lord of the rings in space take that for what it is but it's fantastic uh Encanto. have you watched Encanto? Craig, no, you, no. So you're not talking about Bruno. I sing that song all the time, but I never. You should it. watch Encanto. It's really good. Um, King Richard, which I talked about, is on this list. Uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines is on this list. It is. It is a nominee. Uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home is on this list. It is a nominee. Uh, Tick Tick Boom is on this list. It is a nominee. Love Tick Tick Boom. Uh, and West Side Story is on this list. It is a nominee. The two movies that I'm still more or less deciding from on what I'm going to call my best my best picture, which means you're just going to have to read to find out. That's great. It's oh, um, one of them is Licorice Pizza, which is the Paul Thomas Anderson movie uh, that came out later this year, late this year, last year um, with Alana Haim um, and um, Cooper Hoffman. Uh, it's great. I, I loved it. It's definitely one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, and coda coda is the other movie i'm deciding between um coda just won um best ensemble cast at the sag awards last night which is essentially the sag awards version of best picture uh i don't think that means it's going to win best picture at the oscars but i have a heart my issue with coda is I, it just doesn't really feel like an awards movie um i love that it is i love that it's getting all this praise uh it just doesn't really have those vibes for me uh but it's one of my favorites of the year. So it's certainly in that mix. I don't know what I'm going to choose. So you just have to read and find out. Uh, it's going to be one of those two. So Flickers Pizza or Coda. So Every single time I've heard you say Coda or type Coda and I read Coda, I thought you were talking about Luca. No. 
Okay. <laughs> different movie. It's completely different movies. Okay. Completely different movie. It's a lot uh, more Luca, sense now. Luca is a very enjoyable movie as well. Uh, that was a animated movie from Pixar. Um, probably the third best animated movie of the year. Uh, but no, Coda is a movie on Am- on Apple TV+. Plus. It is about, Coda stands for Child of Deaf Adults. And it is about a girl who is juggling her life um, as a high schooler, trying to pursue her dreams of music, while also being the child of deaf adults and the only hearing member of her family. Um, again, it's just, it doesn't scream awards movie to me, but it's in those conversations. And it's one of my favorite movies of the year. So I highly recommend Dakota to, I highly recommend Coda to anybody that hasn't watched it, including you, if you have Apple TV plus, which I know you do because you watch Ted Lasso. So that's that. Thank you for your time. Glad to get that. Right. Open. Do you have any questions, any comments, concerns? No, read any it feedback? out. Read the, read the uh, blog. Yeah. Tell the blog will be out. The blog. the blog will be out tomorrow. I'll, figure out what i'm going to call my best picture and uh and post it so luca uh oh i mean coda not luca nope not, <laughs> not luca luca was good luca was good uh it'll be either coda or liquor's pizza so All i think right. in total i saw like 65 movies or something which was actually less than what i saw the last couple of years so i saw like uh, five so. yeah that's great you saw <laughs> um, tick tick boom you saw spider-man you saw james bond you saw mitchell's you saw don't look up. Don't look up. Is that it? <laughs> Was it just the might, five? That might, might be it. <laughs> um, Cruella. We did. You watched Cruella. I did see watch Cruella. Jungle yes. Cruise. Jungle Cruise. Yep. So that's seven. Uh, we did watch a new movie, not new this year, new to us the other night. We watched Taxall Ridge. Mm, that's a good movie. Great. Yeah. Great movie. Great Andrew movie. Andrew Gar. He's so good. He's he's so very good. good. He's very good. He had a great year this year. He was yeah. in three huge, well, three big movies. Um, two of them are Oscar contenders. So, uh, yeah, I think love Andrew Garfield. He's great. I had seen parts of it, um, and I had looked up the guy, so I knew what happened. Christy didn't know, um, and she didn't know it was a true story. And she looked the dude up halfway through, so she knew what happened. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> yep. It's, uh, it's great. It's that's yeah. a wonderful movie. Um, just outside my top ten, because both those nominees were my top ten. But just outside, uh, Quiet Place Part Two, In the Heights, uh, West Side Story, which I actually did mention, uh, Shang Chi, No Time to Die. So if you're looking for recommendations for movies, hit me up. I'm your guy. Um, yeah, I almost texted you the night I turned on Eternals. I almost texted you. Did you. text me? Well, no, before. Oh, I was going to text you the question. What should I watch first, Eternals or Shang-Chi? Shang-Chi. I probably would have said Shang-Chi, but it really doesn't matter. It's the better <laughs> of the two. Yeah. It was Shang-Chi's the better of the two for sure. For yeah. me, it was Spider-Man, Shang-Chi, 50 Feet of Crap. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, Eternals is in there, but it's not as good as the other two. So, all right. We've been going for a while that we were going to yep. make this a shorter episode and we certainly did not. Uh, anything else, Greg, that you want to mention? No? Okay. Subscribe. Subscribe. Yes, subscribe, as always. Subscribe. 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 Uh, 
comment, share, like, subscribe, all that stuff. We appreciate all of you uh, hanging out with us, listening, watching, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back for another Illini postgame show on Thursday. Uh, Logan's in charge. Logan's Logan's in charge. charge. Thanks. No, (laughs) no bueno. Uh, All right, that's going to do it for us. For Craig, I'm Logan. We'll see you next week. Bye.